pointing the way towards freedom in an unfree world. This is The Liberty Effect with Ammon Bundy. Welcome to The Liberty Effect. Uh, This is Ammon Bundy, um, live with you today and happy to be with you. There's uh, several interesting things going on that I think is good cause for uh, conversation. One at the top of my list here is uh, Twin Falls County Officer, this Twin Falls, Idaho, County Officer, um, Lieutenant Brown, says the government will protect you. In fact, he's talking about uh, at the county fairs, and he says, uh, you're there to have fun. It's not a place to really bring your weapons. We encourage everyone to leave your weapons at home and leave the security to us. Well, I, I bring this up because, you know, actually, uh, Representative Chad Christensen, who is uh, really a wonderful guy, and I've met with him personally in my home uh, a couple times, he uh, basically is disappointed in the way that the county sheriffs in his county and also in uh, surrounding counties are, are discouraging people to um, carry weapons or defend themselves or, you know, be ready to defend themselves. And in this idea that, hey, the government will do it for you, the government will protect you. And so maybe we can make this part of the conversation today uh, about uh, this idea that government is going to actually be able to protect us or that they even will protect us. But what it reminds me of, and uh, I've seen it happen many times, is uh, like a union. And I'll give you an example. When I was a young man, I actually uh, just graduated from high school. I was 17 years old. And there was a major construction uh, project going on both downtown Mesquite, Nevada, uh, where they were completely redoing the um, main drag, if you will, down skeet they were widening it putting curb and gutter putting new in i mean it was it was a significant uh road construction project and at the same time there was i think 18 miles of i-15 that was being uh renovated and that the uh, and the same company that was doing the downtown mesquite was also doing the freeway i-15 well, here I'm out of school. Uh, I was working for doing landscaping in Mesquite uh, during high school, the last year of my high school as, as a senior. And I'm just graduated and I'm looking for a better job and I'm seeing all this construction going on. And so I apply uh, to Frainer Construction and they tell me, well, we can't hire you because we're a union, we're a union company. And uh, so I, you know, kind of understood that a little bit, not a lot, but I had to look into it and found out that if I wanted to be hired as like an operator for running heavy equipment uh, under this union company, that I had to go to, you know, an apprenticeship and I had to, you know, become a member of the union and so forth, which is, you know, fine, I guess. 
But and if I wanted to be a laborer, I had to join the laborers union and and be accepted into the laborers union and pay the dues and all of that, which was fine too. So I went and uh, uh, kept pushing to to get a job. Uh, met with the superintendent to actually. Uh, was given advice by my father to uh, just ask the superintendent to go if you could just ride with him for a day. And so I did that and was able to talk to him and helped in a few different ways. And next thing I know, I get a call saying, hey, we'd like you to come work for us. I'm 17 still, but he goes, but you have to go join the union in order to do that. So I joined the union and everything gets set up and I start working. Well, I found out very quickly, quickly that as a laborer, you do not, on a union job, you do not get on a piece of equipment. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a sweeper, a loader, anything, you know. And the, and the, on the same goes for the operators. The operators do not, are not allowed to pick up a shovel. And so uh, that's just the way it is, like it or not, you know, think it's crazy or not. And the reason why they did this is they were very protective in, in their work. Uh, you know, you have the, uh, uh, I can't remember the actual official name, but the truck drivers union, uh, where anything that was hauled uh, had to be done through the truck drivers union. And you had the operating engineers union where everything was done, you know, anything that was operated, any equipment that was operated had to be done by their union. You had the laborers union, anything that was labor oriented had to be done. And you had the, you know, go on and you can go on with the mechanical engineers union, the carpenters union and so forth. They were very like, for example, when they were framing to pour the bridges, uh, they were framing all the, 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 uh, the forms up to pour the bridges that all had to be done by the carpenters union. Now in the same sense as this union and the protecting, uh, their basically profession and their work, this very same thing is happening among law enforcement. Uh, and, they have basically are trying to, in a way, unionize defense, where they are saying that they are the only ones that can defend and that can use violence or force or guns or so forth to defend. And uh, that they, you know, that no one else should be able to do it, only them. And it reminds me very much of this mentality of a union, whether you like it or not. Uh, the only issue here, if we were to separate the two, is that uh, every person has a right and has a duty to defend themselves, a right and a duty. And if they choose to, they can unite, unite with others in this defense, but it is certainly their right. And where the law enforcement goes way too far is when they begin to infringe upon the rights of an individual in the self-preservation and self-defense.
And uh, that is basically what this Lieutenant Brown is saying. And he's basically saying that we'll protect you. The government will protect you. Uh, just, you know, leave your arms at home. Uh, don't worry about this. Just come and have fun. And, uh, you know, someone, if someone comes to open fire on the crowd, you know, then me and my Brownie, uh, Barney Five uh, partner here will take care of it. And, uh, and it's, just, uh, it's just indicative of what uh, we, see in our, we see in our country today. We see the very same thing happening with, uh, well, many aspects, uh, with education, uh, with our uh, charity, welfare, uh, and there, that is the difference. I'm not saying that charity and welfare are the same. Uh, charity is where an individual chooses to to share their goods with somebody else in order to help, and they do it out of love, and it is something that is a very righteous thing. But welfare is completely different. Welfare is where the government, by force, extracts wealth from individuals and then decides themselves who they're going to give it to. And welfare uh, through the government is immoral and charity is one of the most moral things you could do and it's interesting how one looks very much like the other but how they are so morally different and uh, uh, self-defense can also be the same because we should never ever trust anyone who is promoting or um, pushing or uh, trying to discourage someone from uh, self-preservation or self-defense because those that are doing that are usually the ones that, you, that you're going to need uh, to defend against someday. So uh, Anyway, uh, that's one topic uh, that uh, is interesting. By the way, the number here is uh, 801-331-8113. And I invite you to call in if you would like. Uh, weigh in on this conversation. We are live here. And we'd love to hear from you, your view. And especially if you're a law enforcement officer um, and... Uh, you know, you have an insight on this and would like to share that with you or with us. And uh, maybe we can talk about it because. So uh, we were discussing before a break about this Twin Falls County office or officer, Lieutenant Brown. Uh, informing the people that uh, uh, the government will protect them and uh, how they uh, need not uh, carry their weapons, have their weapons, and encourages everyone to leave their weapons at home and leave the security to them. Uh, again, uh, curious to your thoughts on this. The number here is 801-331-8113. But uh, it is... Uh, very much an example of, of the mentality that we 
are experiencing in all on all levels of of life really where we are told and made to believe and uh, even forced to uh, live in a way in which uh, government has uh, well we give up our you know our security and all of that to the to the government and uh, it's just almost opposite I believe you know and this will again strike up a lot of uh, controversy towards me but when I talk about the wall on the southern border I believe it's the same thing here it is we have an issue with immigration uh, one issue is one of the issues uh, that is justifying the wall is immigration them coming from other countries especially south of the border coming across and benefiting or participating in the benefits that government is giving and Yet, uh, I mean, benefits such as uh, educating their children for free, uh, going to the medical facilities, uh, hospitals, and and uh, getting medical services and and medical care for free, um, free housing, free uh, food stamps, and. Uh, you know that attracts is attracting people from all over the country or all over the world. Excuse me. Also, what happens is they come here. Many of them come here to work, and then they send the money back to their families uh, because the standard of living is so much different that they could come here, work for a lower wage job, and send the money back to their families, and their families live very, very good in those countries. Uh, so there's quite a disparity there. And so for these reasons, uh, they're motivated for coming into this country. And, of course, it is puts a hardship on the rest of us. Uh, any time when a producer has to support somebody who is not producing, then it is a hardship for the producer. Uh, however, we uh, – well, I shouldn't say we, but uh, the conservative movement, uh, which should understand – the true problem, the conservative movement wants to put a Band-Aid on it by building a wall. And because we want to go to government and say, hey, we want to you know, solve our problem, solve our problem, you know, build a wall, put, put a bunch of security on it, spend billions of dollars you know, each year maintaining the wall, not only just building it. Uh, and rat, and, and rat, instead of – minimizing government instead of uh, downsizing government because what really needs to happen is government should not be allowed to take the funds of the people and distribute it the way that they are or distribute it at all that's not their job that's not the purpose of government you know if if there is a purpose it is the defending of the people and so why don't we stop the true problem? Why don't we stop running to government? Why don't all these people who are on, on government subsidies stop uh, running to them or are not, are not being allowed to run to them? And then what happens? Well, then all of a sudden you don't have people flowing into this country for the handouts. Now what you have is you might have – 
some people coming here to live the American dream, to have a better life, and to work. Well, those are the people we want here. So what does a border have to or a wall have to do with it? So again, it is the same issue, same issue, same with, same with, uh, you know, they say, well, the wall needs to be there for security as well. Well, there was a time when somebody come in, if someone came into the community, uh, started causing trouble, that those people would get together and solve it. And it didn't, they didn't need government's permission to do it. They would solve it. But because we have been progressively weakened at a, as a people and we're being disarmed and we're being uh, manipulated into believing that only government can defend us, only government can be the one that you know, actually goes and stops crime. Because we're, we, because we're led to believe that and because so many people do believe that, they're not equipped or able to defend themselves as a person individually and as a community. Where before, if someone come in and tried to do something, uh, that community would, would straighten it right out. And I believe that the problems at the southern border can be solved by less than 100 people in less than a few months if they weren't afraid uh, to actually go and def defend and, and protect themselves and their community like they have a right to do. And so, you know, instead, what do we do? We beg the federal government to build us a great big wall and we, and we increase more government and it's going to increase more taxes, which means the producer is going to have to pay that which is going to put more of undue burden upon the producer. Well, let me explain something to you. Uh, according to some figures, we're at about a 60-40 split, meaning about 60% of the people are in some way living off of the government, some government. And we're talking about all the way from government contractors all the way down to those who are receiving uh, food, stamp, food stamps. And so uh, 60%. And, uh, you know, uh, some might argue that it's closer to 50. Some will argue that it's uh, closer to 60 and some even more. But it's somewhere within that range. So imagine... Now you've got 60% of the people living off in some way off the other 40%. That's the reality. And the 40% that are producing are the, the ones that are most regulated. So it's already difficult to produce under regulation, and it's getting thicker and thicker. So it's And now that 40% is supporting the other 60%. Well, what happens as we go down this path of socialism? where now 70% are living off 30%. And then it progresses to where now you got 80% living off 20%. Well, eventually, that 20% are going to stop producing, either because they're flat worn out or why do it anymore. And now, when you don't have any producers in the country – you don't have a country. You cannot survive.
And so when that happens, coming up on a break here, but when that happens, uh, you, you've got uh, you have one one of two things will happen: either the the country collapses, the economy collapses, and somehow it builds up, either another vacuum gets in strength, or the the 80% or the 90% or the 70% puts the other 20% in servitude. They make slaves of them, just like in ancient Israel. We'll be back after these after this break. Thoughtful discussion without the partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network. So how do you like those numbers? Uh, 60% of the people uh, living off of uh, 40% of the producers. Um, and uh, But is that not uh, the very... Um, definition of socialism uh especially when the producers you know are primarily you know the business owners the one that are uh, uh in commerce trade um not and then and those that work work for them uh the, and it's interesting if you go to the webster's uh dictionary and you read the definition of socialism, it says any of uh, variations, economic or political theories advocating collective or governmental ownership and administration of the means of products and the distribution of goods. So basically, uh, they go into the means of products and they control it. The government controls it or owns it. Okay? And we have, we, that's exactly what is happening right now. I mean, even our legislatures, even our supposed conservative legislatures are are passing hundreds of laws each year. And almost all of those laws are regulations on commerce in some way or another. So basically, they are uh, promoting socialism by the very acts of them making laws. Now, we talked about this previously, but... Uh, uh, of how you know most of the laws that are created today, both county are on county, state, and federal, are not authorized. Uh, that the legislatures really don't have authority to do that because uh, the Constitution, state, and federal do not authorize the power to them to actually make these laws. But it's still happening, so we're certainly seeing them advocating the uh, collective or government ownership and administration of the means of production and the distribution of goods. I mean, you try to start a business. You try to sell something. You try to transfer your home, build something, do anything without the government permission. And you'll find out whether or not we are going down the path of socialism. Now, the thing about socialism is uh, in this definition on the Webster's Dictionary as well. And it says, a stage of society 
in Marxist theory, transitional between capitalism and communism. And so basically, according to the Marxist theory, that socialism had to be, you know, put in place and enforced, which is mean, what what I mean is, is the government ownership or administration control of the means of production and the distribution of goods, that that had to happen first before communism can take effect. So socialism is just a transitional stage between capitalism and communism. Okay. And what is socialism? It is when the government goes in and controls the distribution of goods or the means of productions and uh, basically uh, controls these things. And that includes the, you know, education, uh, you know, the, uh, the building of your homes, the building of your businesses, the laws in which you can operate in business, and all of those things. So all of those laws that we see on the books today on the, in the state uh, laws, the NRSs or the URSs or the IRSs, <laughs> you uh, uh, are, in fact, uh, promoting and moving socialism along and socialism being moved along and put in place is the transitional period be, uh, before communism. Now, the interesting thing about communism, I'm going to read you the definition of communism here, is it is a political theory derived by Karl Marx advocating class war and leading to a society in which all property is publicly owned. And each person works and is paid according to their abilities and needs assigned by the government. Okay? So here we have a def- – it's not my definition. This is a definition from the uh, Webster's Dictionary that it's a, a political theory uh, and, and leading to a society in which all property is publicly owned. Well, I would have to say that in the West, they have done a really good job at uh, assuring communism. And I say that because over 50% of our land mass west of the Colorado Rockies is owned and controlled by the federal government. And there's probably another pretty small percent that's owned by and controlled by the state and another small percent that's owned by and controlled by the counties and the cities. So, you know, if I was to guess, you're probably in the 50, 55 percent of the land in the western United States is controlled by the government. Well, that is the very definition of communism. And is the very goal of communism to basically transfer all private property and private rights over to the control and ownership of the government. And uh, don't you think that that's not uh, that that this didn't happen on purpose? And don't you think that socialism being enforced? Uh, in our states and our counties and on a national level is something that is not 
being done on purpose. Uh, this was a very deliberate attack. They came into our country in the 1940s, and they came very with a very uh, specific plan to convert our nation over in, into a communist nation. And uh, there's many, many quotes out there by communist leaders that say if we can't take the United States by force, then we'll take it uh, little by little uh, from within or something to that effect, that we'll take it through political measures. And they certainly have done this. Because the very definition of socialism is exactly what is happening to you and I in every city, county, state, and across the country. So be aware. And when I'm fighting and others are fighting to keep private property in the hands of the individual uh, and to tear down collectivism, uh, what, what we are doing, the best way we know how, which you may not always agree with, but doing the best way we know how, what we're doing is we're trying to uh, save our country from socialism and then communism. And every acre that is transferred over to the government uh, is promoting communism. And so just know that that is a fact. Now, the other thing about the Western United States when it comes to property is that over 72 percent of the subsurface mineral rights are controlled and claimed by the federal government. So that means that even the rocks, uh, you know, that you that we crush, the gravel that we crush to build our roads, our homes, or to build concrete with, uh, if if you are going to extract that out of the out of the earth, you have to get permission and pay the federal government for that. If over over 72 percent of the land mass or the subsurface uh, mineral rights are claimed by the federal government. Now, the interesting thing, of course, if you do the math, 49 percent of the Western United States is private property, and yet they claim 72 percent of the subsurface mineral rights. So that means a whole bunch of you that own private property don't own the mineral rights underneath your own property. And in fact, Las Vegas, people were building swimming pools in their backyards and the Bureau of Land Management went to them and started fining them because they were extracting the minerals underneath their own property, but because they didn't own it, according to them. Now let's go to break. We'll go to break here in a few minutes, but just think of that. Just think of you're thinking that I bought this property, I'm going to build a swimming pool in my backyard. You start, you hire a contractor, you start doing yourself and start moving the material out for your backyard. And next thing you know, you get fined by the federal government uh, for removing the material that's deeper than what I think a foot or two, two feet. Uh, that's the type of control we're in, and that's the evidence of communism. Back in a few minutes.
we do? We have socialists, uh, socialism upon us uh, in great depth. Um, we see and understand that socialism is the transitional period between capitalism and communism. And uh, we see the primary parties, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, actually both promoting and pushing socialism. And anybody who would want to disagree with that, then just go read the laws that were passed by either party in power uh, in, on, on, in your state uh, or on a federal level and tell me that they're not pushing to control uh, the means of, you know, more of the means because there's not very much that isn't controlled. They're not pushing to control more of the means of production and the distribution of goods. And that the government tell me that they're not promoting and pushing the government uh, force to control more or, more more ownership of private property. Uh, and both parties are doing it, and they're doing it, you know, under the name of security or under the name of, you know, uh, uh, order or you know something to that effect. But both parties. Uh, are aggressively promoting socialism, and socialism is, is a transitional period between capitalism and communism. So what do we do? So uh, I spoke last week to uh, a conference, at, at a conference uh, in Chalice, Idaho, and enjoyed it quite a bit. They it was my wife and I's anniversary. They took care of us. Just a wonderful conference. And uh, it was, you know, put together by state, a state legislature, legislature, Dorothy Moon, wonderful person, and her husband, Dar. And many state representatives uh, were there. Even the lieutenant governor of Idaho was there. And what I said to them in my message was that if our current state I should make basically our current system let's say let's go that way if our current system of defense is not going to function and defend the rights of the individual then we are going to have to find another way but we really want our current system of defense that we have paid so dearly for and that is there and actually has a tremendous amount of power. And when I say our current form of defense, I'm talking about our, our government, I guess. If, you know, our government, our, our states and our counties and our national government. Uh, and if they're not going to be the ones to defend us, uh, and if we can't rely on them to defend us, then we ourselves – We'll do it and have to do it. And the sad thing is, is the ones that are taking our rights are them. Are them. They're, it's the bureaucrats. It's the police forces. It's the legislatures. No one else is a threat to us. I mean, yeah, they want to say, oh, all these people coming from the southern border, oh, they're so scary, and, you know, we might get a terrorist among them, although that's not happened yet. But anyway, uh, you know, so 
who is taking our rights? Who's promoting socialism? Who's transferring our private property over into public property? Who's taking our rights of travel and commerce and and uh, our family and all you know all those things, education, all those rights that an individual has? Who's taking them? It is the government that is really supposed to be defending ourselves. So if they are not going to do it, and if they are going to become the ones who are the takers of our liberty, then we will have to find another way because we cannot, we must not allow individual liberty to be lost. We have seen when individual liberty is lost in history and it take, takes hundreds of years to even make any progress back. And we, have, we are going down that same path and have been for a long time. And so our, if our current defense system can, is, continues to fail, if they do not turn themselves, and this happens with every single, let's say, police officer, peace officer, you have a choice. Don't tell me you don't have a choice. When you pull someone over, you darn well have a choice. One is you have a choice of who you're going to pull over. Then you have a choice of what you do with that person and how you act, react to that person. And I know you might have a quota and you might have, you know, uh, mandates, but it's your duty for the sake of liberty. If you don't agree with those mandates, to not comply with them. And to protect the life, liberty, and property of the people rather than infringing upon it and making restricting the, the use of it. It's up to you. And same with the state legislatures and the county commissioners. Your duty is not to extract wealth from the people and give it to somebody else or use it for yourself. Your purpose is to protect and keep as much in the pockets of the people and the families as you can to protect their rights, to protect their homes. Police officer's duty is not to kick in somebody's home. It's to make sure that nobody ever kicks in anybody's door into their home. It's not to restrict someone from traveling in their own vehicle. It's to assure that someone can peacefully and safely travel from one person point to the next. Not to drag them out of their cars and to search them and to steal their property. It's just opposite. But if you continue to do that, more and more people will see it. And we will have to unite to defend ourselves against you. So make a choice of what side you're going to be on. Because if our current defense system is not going to defend individual rights, my right, your right, everybody's rights, then we will have to find a better way. And that is, that is where we're at. Is it too late? Will they turn around? Will they begin to protect private property and the rights and liberties of the people, including the life? More people are, more lives are taken by police forces than by criminals. What? That don't even make sense. Their whole job. Their whole purpose is to protect life from criminals. And yet they're taking more lives 
than criminals in the United States of America. More property is taken through asset forfeiture and taken and controlled by the government, by, by offices and so forth, than by criminals. What? Come on, we have to see what is happening. We have to see that this is not working. And we either turn it around in our current system of defense or we find another way. And I'm on the verge of finding, promoting, organizing a different way. But I want to give all the benefit of doubt, all the opportunity that I can to our current defense system. But it doesn't change the fact that individual liberty must be protected. We must not lose the right to own property. We must not lose the right to control our body, our thoughts, our actions. We must not become a people that are acted upon rather than acting for ourselves. This must not happen because the cost is too great. And I feel like our Previous generations, generation has failed in this. They have given too much over to the, to the government to do. They have allowed them to go too far. And I feel my generation is failing too. And I see what the ramifications of these two generations our past generation and this generation, the ramifications of us failing in protecting individual liberties is too great for our children. I've got sons and daughters that need to live in a free world. They need to be able to control their own means of production. And so I ask and say this once again, if our current defense system is going to fail to protect individual liberty, individual rights, then we, the people, must create a new one. Until next time, this is the Liberty Effect. See you next Thursday at 1 o'clock. Timely, credible, thoughtful discussion without the partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network.